My name is Carl Anthony, and I work in the automotive industry in Detroit. Sometimes that work encompasses future vehicle technology, and that's what we talk about here, for the most part anyway. This is AutoVision News Radio. Connected cars are forecasted to make up 95% of all vehicles on the road by 2030, with each one generating an estimated 25 gigabytes of data per hour. As much data as it would take someone to stream nearly 600 hours of music, a challenge that I would be up for, by the way. But how this data may be leveraged for new revenue channels through personalized, value-added features is a prime area of focus for the automotive industry. During the 2023 edition of Reuters Automotive USA at the Huntington Place in downtown Detroit, software-defined cars and the subsequent in-vehicle experience were discussed at length on the automotive tech stage, and this topic will appear on the agenda again for future Reuters automotive events both in the United States and Europe. Between the expert-led panel discussions and fireside chats, a few key patterns emerged. First, what types of personalized services would connected car owners want? What would they be willing to pay a premium for? Second, if the execution and the communication around those services is exceptional, OEMs can have lasting and more meaningful customer relationships. And the word that came up during Reuters Automotive USA 2023 was absorb, meaning that OEMs who do this well have a chance to absorb consumers into their ecosystem, thereby creating stronger brand loyalty. And finally, once we have the personalized services figured out and this roadmap for creating the best in-vehicle experiences, how do we address and prevent fragmented and disjointed communication that can, and often does, adversely impact the whole enchilada? For Salesforce, the secret sauce is in the cloud. Moving at the speed of mobility, this is AutoVision News Radio with Carl Anthony in Detroit, Michigan. Achute Jaju is the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Manufacturing and Automotive at Salesforce. With over 20 years of experience in the disciplines of engineering, manufacturing, and software, Prior to this role at Salesforce, Achute was general manager of the manufacturing vertical at ServiceNow, but before that, he was vice president and chief solutions officer for the manufacturing, automotive, and energy verticals at Salesforce. Sometimes his colleagues say that Achute is a boomerang to Salesforce since he was away for a time and is now back again. During my time with Achute, I was grateful for his willingness to help me understand what is meant by the term automotive cloud and how it can be leveraged to address the trends we identified at Reuters Automotive USA 2023 in Detroit. I was also grateful that he shared his story of growing up in India and how learning to drive his father's car for the first time would change his life forever. We started somewhere in the middle, not as far back as his childhood in India, but not as far forward as the Salesforce automotive cloud we know today. But somewhere in the middle, March of 1999, San Francisco apartment on Telegraph Hill, where Mark Benioff, Parker Harris, Dave Mullenhoff, and Frank Dominguez were working on something completely new. They basically had this idea that software should be easily consumable by people on the internet. Uh, and it was revolutionary because at that time, most of us used to consume our software by 
logging into a computer, the software was on the computer, and we would use it. Remember your Microsoft Word or other technologies, your email even was on the computer. Today, people use Gmail and all these other technologies. And in the backend, Gmail changes and you get new features and new functionality. In enterprise software, this was never done. In those early years, Mark, Parker, Dave, and Frank really embodied what we might classify now as the startup mentality. And it wasn't just in the sense that they were working from a one-bedroom apartment or wearing Hawaiian shirts, as cool as that is. It was that they centered their efforts around this straightforward, no-nonsense approach of doing it fast, simple, and right the first time. I will leave a link in the show notes that talks more about the history of Salesforce and includes a really neat video of Parker Harris at the apartment in San Francisco. As the name Salesforce suggests, the emerging company was focused on giving sales and business professionals a more efficient set of tools. If you're a sales rep, you essentially call on your customer. You need to know which company they belong to, what is their name, what is their email, what is their phone number. And essentially, it was what we call a CRM, Customer Relationship Management. And that was this suite of products that we basically launched through this web interface, if I may use that terminology, wherein no one had to actually deploy any software on their computers or into their data centers or wherever. You just log in, you pay, and off you go. And that product was called Sales Cloud. There is a reason why it was called cloud, because the software was it kind of furnished to a user through the cloud. Today, 25 years later, cloud is very big. Cloud is its like own. But at that time, cloud was essentially a very kind of unique way to deploy software and give access to software. We go from the apartment in Harris's video, a small startup, to now a full-scale organization. And I'm quoting Salesforce here. An organization that enables companies of every size and industry, including automotive, to digitally transform around their customers by harnessing the power of automation, artificial intelligence, and real-time data to make every customer experience more personal, valuable, and memorable. And we got there by essentially taking that sales cloud product and adding a lot of different products on top of that. That was essentially how do I manage my customer from a selling perspective. Then service. Once I have a customer, how do I manage and service that customer? Then we essentially said, look, how do we actually market to this customer so that they know about us? As the world evolved, people actually started buying online. So you needed something that we call digital commerce, that offering. Right? So we essentially built this platform out to essentially add more and more capabilities around the customer. And over a period of time, we essentially, as we built these products, the sales cloud, service cloud, marketing cloud, commerce cloud. So cloud in this sense is each of these application product sets that we brought to market. A customer could, based on their business, configure, customize, right? So today you use Gmail the way Google just gives you. But if you're a large enterprise or a small enterprise, how you call your customer how do you want your sales reps to talk to the customer? It's slightly different from uh, if you're an automotive company versus you're a manufacturing company versus you're a financial services company. Over a period of time, as we evolved this, we started realizing an automotive customer does sales and service and marketing in a very different way than a bank does, than a manufacturing company does, or than a healthcare provider does. 
based on what car you're interested in or based on what you're interested in, it's a very different discussion that you'll have. The nuance in automotive is also, as we all know, automotive com- companies don't directly sell, although that's, some of that is changing. We go through a vast dealer network. So there is that other nuance. How do you actually sell to an end consumer where you have this, not a direct relationship, but like a relationship through the dealer network, which is now also changing in a different way. So how do you talk to that consumer? So that's kind of the evolution that we realized every one of these industries is different. So we started then launching industry-specific capabilities on this platform. We literally use the same nomenclature like sales cloud, service cloud, marketing cloud. And we essentially said, for automotive sales, service, marketing type of capabilities and commerce type of capabilities, we bring automotive cloud. What automotive cloud really means is an OEM or their dealer or their captive finance company or their distributors who really reach out to their customers or consumers and they want to do all of their CRM activities, there is a purpose-built, industry-specific, automotive-specific cloud or product that we offer in the Salesforce platform that helps you do all of those business processes, sales, service, marketing, commerce, and on and on and on. In November 2023, Salesforce announced its latest automotive cloud innovations. These innovations were built on the idea that with real-time data, trusted AI, and automation, the collective automotive industry could move one step closer to the realization of software-defined vehicles. Inspired by the original vision of Salesforce in 1999, the latest innovations to automotive cloud will unify an automaker's data, including vehicle telematics, service records, and other key customer data points, to enable new features that provide a contextualized snapshot of what is happening inside a vehicle so every driver, no matter what they drive, can have a truly personalized and enjoyable experience. As Achute explained, understanding the end customer, who they are and how they use their vehicle, is essential. Automotive is not just cars. It's commercial trucks. It's bikes. It's a whole bunch of things that move equipment like farm equipment and other things like that, right? And all of these things are different and their buyers are different. For a car, a buyer could be Carl Anthony, right? Right, right. And his family. But that same car could also be bought with hundreds of more cars by a fleet company like a Hertz or a company which provides cars to its salespeople. So they buy like a whole bunch of fleets of cars. So in automotive, Typically, the buyer, the end consumer, could be an end consumer like us, or it could be a business customer, and that's just the car. Similarly, a buyer could be for a large rig, a big truck that a Packard or a Freightliner is selling. It could be an owner-operator, or it could be a Walmart or whoever, right, or a FedEx. So again, there, there is this business relationship. Different types of buyers. Owner-operator is different from a Carl Anthony or a Chujaju because if that truck doesn't perform while they are on a long ride from New York to Seattle, they're losing money. So there are different types of buyers. They have different value propositions and the way you touch them is very, very different. So when you think about automotive cloud, 
It is all about understanding these types of different, different customers at that detail level, the nuance level. Is it a fleet customer? Is it an owner-operator customer? Is it a Carl Anthony? Oh, is it Carl Anthony who actually pays for this, but his daughter drives this as part of that household? Right. These things, if you understand them better, or they are the ones, then you can actually personalize your sales, service, marketing, and all these other activities with that business entity or with that owner-operator or with that consumer or with that household or with that farmer or with that construction worker, whoever is using whatever. If we know these types of things, then we can actually personalize our interactions around how do we service them? How do we tell them about new capabilities? How do we tell them about new things that we are bringing into the market and all of this other stuff? So automotive cloud really allows you to bring this into place. If you do it the right way, no matter who you are, you could be a manufacturer, you could be a dealer, you could be a captive finance company, you could be a fleet provider, whoever you are. If you do that, then you'll have that customer for life. Automakers can also leverage Einstein Studio to train custom AI models with input from Salesforce ecosystem technology partners like Amazon Web Services. One of Einstein Studio's best capabilities for the automotive industry is expanded and more effective communication. For example, let's say we have a Hawaiian blue sedan. Hawaiian blue is the color of the Detroit Lions, so <laughs> that's what we're going to go with. But we've driven our Hawaiian blue sedan for a long while and the miles have really started to add up. Just as we are about to cross the 100,000-mile threshold, the manufacturer of our Hawaiian blue sedan sends a message to our dealership letting them know. At this point, the dealership has more information by which to engage in communication with us. Maybe that conversation involves a trade-in, so perhaps the dealer shows us the latest finance incentives and rebates on a new Hawaiian blue sedan. Or maybe that conversation goes down a service route, and we decide to do a comprehensive 100,000-mile service with fluid exchanges and a new set of tires. Either way, the communication between the OEM and the dealership is more in sync, which benefits us as end consumers. During Reuters Automotive USA 2023, one of the observation points on this topic was the disjointed and fragmented communication that customers experience. As an example, let's say we opt to have a comprehensive service done to our Hawaiian blue sedan because we intend to keep it for another few years. But then, a short time later, we receive an email about the latest financing offers. Well, obviously, if we've just had our Hawaiian blue sedan in for a comprehensive service, we don't plan on getting anything new. And we might think, if we just had our Hawaiian blue sedan in for service, why in the world? Are they emailing us about new vehicles that are available? It's because the information on our Hawaiian blue sedan is not centralized. It's all over the place, living in silos, whereas the Salesforce Automotive Cloud solution brings it all under one roof. So these are the types of things that happen. People get these disjointed, as you said, fragmented experiences. And fragmented experiences lead to lack of trust, lack of relationship, Yes. Right. Which yes. leads to essentially what? Like your loyalty, you start questioning your relationship with that brand. And then you start saying, okay, is this the really like, you know, yeah, the product might be the best. And, and by the way, product has to be great. But at the same time, that experience makes you question what is going on. Right. right. So that's what, in my view, 
the value proposition is very simple. If you have all this data in one place, then you can really orchestrate at what time, what message do you drive? How do you drive that experience? Through which channel? Because again, this is the other thing, Carl, like you, you might be an email person. I might be a text message person. I might be some other person. Like how do you actually reach that customer in the right channel? Yes. Because the customer is in the driver's seat. Customer decides how they make their decisions to what to buy and who to hang on to as a kind of maintaining relationship. And this is essentially allowing, this platform is allowing you as a owner of that customer relationship, the ability for you to kind of really drive that business interaction in the most efficient way. One of my guilty pleasures is off-road trucks. The Jeep Gladiator, GMC, Sierra, AT4X, the Ford Raptor, naturally. (laughs) And given my love for the Dodge Charger and Challenger, I pretty much melt when I see a Ram 1500 TRX and I hear the supercharger of that 6.2 Hemi. If I remove myself from the industry for a moment and I put myself in the shoes of Carl the Truck Guy, which I got growing up in rural Iowa, because back then everybody had a favorite truck, Dodge, Ford, or GM, and you were on one of those teams back in in rural Iowa. But if I put myself in those shoes, I'm excited about what cool and personalized services might be available for enthusiasts like me. This is the promise of software-defined vehicles. Like uh, there is, there are chips in the car, there are sensors in the car that are connected, and then based on software, I can change their the, the ability for this car to do different things. When that is possible, I can essentially drive different experiences. So now, Carl, if, you, if you're an off-roader, it's not as if you're off-roading every day, right? right? You, you're off-roading over a period of time, whatever, right? Like, so you say, well, on a specific day or time or whenever in the weekend with your friends, you're going off, off-roading. If you want to do something like that, what about like if me as a, car maker, I can sell you that service for that particular weekend. Yeah. And you say, yes, I want to buy this service because you know what? Rest of the time, I don't need it. I'll yeah. buy this. You buy that service and here comes in a software update onto your vehicle or which essentially updates the software, improves the, it gets your vehicle or your truck or off-roading vehicle ready for that off-road experience. And, you know, it, it sounds very kind of like very futuristic and all of that. But like, let's be honest, like if you, if you, if you sit back and think about this, when we had our, our mobile phones, okay. uh, yeah. like 20 years ago, we were all using mobile phones just to place phone calls. Yes, yes. I don't think we use our phone, mobile phones today to place phone calls. <laughs> no. So I have a lot of people who ask me, oh, I need my car only to drive from place A to place B. I ask them the same question. You used phone, uh, mobile phones only to place calls. Yeah. Are you using your mobile phone just to place calls? You're using it for a lot of things. So it does place calls, but it does so many more things. Yes. I just want to use that analogy to for the car business, cars also, which is like, it's very difficult for people to kind of visualize this at this moment of what is possible. Right. But the future is going that way, wherein there will be these services, there will be these experiences that will be deployed in the vehicle which will allow consumers to bring their digital self into these vehicles, their whole digital life into these vehicles, like really interact with these vehicles in a very, very different way. And, and, and that's the opportunity with these SDVs. Obviously, there's opportunities about how do we run these vehicles uh, efficiently, uh, effectively, all of that stuff. But then how do we also deliver experiences? 
to these end drivers in a different way. I mentioned growing up in rural Iowa, and as a young kid in the 80s and then all through the 90s, my formative teenage years being in the late 90s when Salesforce was just beginning and we were just getting used to having the internet in our high school library. But during those formative years, I loved trucks, and I started driving with my father in his Chevy Silverado in the summer of 1997 on my Iowa learner's permit. And the relationship with my father is a complicated one. He was a college professor who valued academics. I was a poor student who loved video games. And let's just say that neither one of us were ever very patient with the other. But when learning to drive that summer, something was different. Dad spared his usual lectures and really taught me how to drive. And instead of me tuning him out, I actually paid attention. In December of 1997, I passed my Iowa driver's license test in flying colors. Back then, I was 16, and so I thought I was happy because I had gotten my driver's license. Now at 42, I realize I was happy because my father thought I had hung the moon that day. My father and I bonded over driving his old Chevy truck, and hearing a Chute's story about his youth gave me an even deeper appreciation for everything he had just shared with me about Automotive Cloud. And I grew up in India, which was like uh, the 1980s India. And 1980s of India was essentially a country which was socialist. Uh, like now people think of India in a very different way. In 2024, it's very, very different country. But when I was growing up, it was like uh, we had access to, believe it or not, just two cars. Okay. okay. Uh, and both the cars were built by government-owned companies, and you basically were allocated vehicles. Luckily, my dad was a, he was a general manager of a manufacturing company. He had company car. Uh, so we had a car in, in, a, in a world where cars were not easy to get. And I was like 14 years old. I was super fascinated by cars and I basically started learning to drive cars. So like, think about this. People didn't have access to cars. That means automatically people didn't even drive cars. And then like how in America, my kids, when they grew up, uh, that was not the norm where I grew up, right? And so for me, driving car on my own or my dad's car was like an amazingly exhilarating experience. I was like, wow, this is fantastic. And then, like, obviously, I went to engineering college, became a mechanical engineer, uh, came to U.S. to do my master's in mechanical engineering. I actually came to the University of Toledo to do my master's. And coming out of that, I, that's mechanical engineering obviously translates into automotive. Yeah. I started my job here. I live in the Detroit area with my family. I started my job actually in the automotive industry here, designing trucks and cars. I think what was really fascinating about that experience was I actually saw in real time, uh, this was the time in 1990s, and that's when we, uh, we, were, we were in automotive industry was going through its own transition, wherein, if you remember at that time, it used to take anywhere from six to seven years to launch a new vehicle. Yeah. And it used to be very, very complex, very difficult. Now the standard is three to four. But in order to reduce the product development life cycle at that time, uh, a lot of automakers were using new technologies. And these are like CAD CAM, CAE technologies. And we were using those technologies to drive efficiency. And I was using those technologies. So I got enamored by software at that time. Yeah. And uh, so I took a detour, uh, went to business school uh, in Chicago, University of Chicago, got my MBA, 
Then I actually really pivoted my career into software business. I went into an enterprise software company in Bay Area. Uh, this was a CRM company at that time called Civil Systems, uh, which essentially got acquired by Oracle. And long story short, last 20 plus years, I've spent in the software business, really focusing on manufacturing and automotive. And really, I'm, I'm being very lucky. Uh, this has given me an opportunity to think about software and the problems that I can solve for my automotive customers. But then through these experiences of the last 20 plus years, I have gone and met customers across the globe. Yeah. I've been to so many different countries uh, and experiences. And what I've learned is, uh, coming back full circle, circle when we started off, automotive is very different. And the second thing I'll also say is, now going back to India, where it can come from, the world has changed. And the aspirations, this is the one thing I say to people is, as countries become richer, the first thing that they want is to own a car. So I remember there was a time in between people were saying, oh, people don't want to buy cars anymore. I was like, no, this is like cars bring such passion and such individualism and such freedom. And that's why it's, it's super fascinating to be associated with the automotive industry. Achoot, when you were growing up in India and you were learning to drive for the first time and you were so enamored with cars, contrast that to today, you've gone to mechanical engineering school, you have an MBA, you're working at automotive, living in the Detroit area. Did you ever see that when you were a kid and you're driving for the first time? Did you ever think this is how it would end up and you'd be doing it for a living one day? <laughs> I, I wish uh, I wrote an essay which said that, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it said, look, uh, oh, well, I'll grow up and I'll become something. I've been very, very fortunate, uh, to be honest. Uh, It's been, you look back, I wouldn't have written a better script. I just stumbled through, I guess, and, uh, and, and I learned along the way. And what is fascinating now is people are talking about software different, different, driven vehicles and defined vehicles and all this other stuff. So I, I almost think about this as I, I was a product engineer or mechanical engineer. I've now developed software. And in some ways, automotive industry is becoming more like a technology and software driven industry. It's kind of fascinating. I've just in my lifetime, having been associated with this industry, seen this convergence that is happening in in this industry also. So it, it, it's like just fascinating to watch all of this. It's like it just gives me goosebumps, to be honest with you. To learn more about Salesforce and the automotive cloud, see the links in the show notes. AutoVision News Radio is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and more. In Detroit, alongside Achute Jaju, I'm Carl Anthony, AutoVision News Radio.